0: To the
1: Deeper, Darker Variety Show. I'm Casey. And I just got out of the emergency room.
0: Yeah, let's talk about it. That's an exaggeration.
1: <laughs> uh, so, in the ongoing crucible that is my health problems (laughs) basically which is just one big gigantic physical reaction to 20 year old rape trauma thanks body (laughs) i had are the worst a meeting with my urogynecologist who poked around my vagina and apparently anybody pokes around in my vagina without proper invitation winds up i wind up in the emergency room every time so i went to the emergency room and they hooked it up with the morphine which was quite nice yeah and then Two two nights later, I couldn't stop throwing up. So I went back to the emergency room. Hence why this is leading into the reason why... It's not my topic today. It's Casey's. You guys get totally to listen to me slap my lips again. <laughs> I had a really good thing that I won't wind up doing now because by the time we're back on, it'll be post-election. But I was going to cover Andrew Johnson, who, like, real quick, he was Abe Lincoln's vice president. And mm-hmm. when Lincoln was assassinated, he became president, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we never really hear about him. And the reason why is because he was a total racist piece of shit who wanted to keep... I mean, hey, we can still talk about him. <laughs> we, we 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 fought this whole war to, like, you know, end slavery and shit. And he and was this racist son of a bitch is in office he was not about it and he was uh riling up his supporters wanting to get their help to keep black people down mm-hmm. inciting militias you know all this sort <laughs> of thing and sound familiar while you have to remember too especially like how racist the united states was at this point not it that it's was. not na- well yeah but i mean like even more so yeah this is like right after the civil war yeah. even with that political climate Everyone was still like, fuck you, bro. Get the fuck out of office. No one likes your yeah, shit. Yeah. No matter how. He was a total demagogue. Like, he got people worked up, but they got rid of him, too. Yeah. And I was, my whole point was, hang in there, guys. It's almost time. Yeah. And don't give up hope.
0: Yeah, we're we're one week and one day away from the election. If you haven't voted yet, do it. Get in an early. Don't fucking worry about your vote not being
1: counted. Just got to do it. Yeah. Take whatever precautions you need. They have tons of information out there. Make sure you use a registered voting ballot box and not the ones the California California Republicans Republicans are setting up. Yeah. Yeah. Those are
0: fun. Classy. And you can find out. You can go to the the Secretary of State's websites to make sure you are finding a correct drop-off location. Also, when I got my ballot, it had a list of all the Sacramento County uh,
1: ballot drop-offs. Oh, Oh, that's the other thing I wanted to say. So in my in my deal, every time I I wind up in the ER because of this, every single doctor I've dealt with has said that in all of their years, one of these was an OBGYN who is retiring this year. So that's how long she's been working. They're wow. like, I have never seen this before. So I'm hoping that I get a disease named after me. Fuck yeah, like, Ashley's disease. A vaginal disease. Like, <laughs> they could just call it the Mugly. What? <laughs> I'm afraid you've got a bad case of Mugly. It's basically a rotten vagina disorder, and you've got the Mugglies. So, like, we need to. Sorry, you
0: got a case of the Mugglies. I don't know what to tell you.
1: Ah, it's 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 a hard disease uh, what to live a, with. What a legacy to <sighs> to that, that would be my sweetest dream come true to have a disease named after me.
0: <sighs> you kind of have a great last name for it too. I the know. Mugly.
1: I know it's a very yeah. rare last name, so if it sticks, it sticks. And I guess that will. Erase the other Mugly internet history, which is someone in Arkansas with my last name. <laughs> uh, building a pipe bomb to kill her husband, I think it was. That's just you still. That's you in Arkansas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they are, those are all my blood relatives. Oh, sweet. Literally every <laughs> everyone with the last name Mugly in this country is a blood relative of mine. Your husband looks it up online and is like, babe, are you planning something? <laughs> yes, I am. Maybe.
0: Don't look online. what I tell you about your internet usage, Regal? <laughs> uh yeah health is good let's talk about just in today
1: oh <laughs> we got a new supreme court justice they are advising and we avoid this last time i'll advise i've again. been i've been stock uh, up on plan b yeah i've been what's the word i'm looking
0: for affectionately calling amy comey barrett of jesse from the hands made,
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, for those of you who don't know, uh, I you've seen the show. I've read the book. I've read the book too. Oh, you read yeah, the yeah. book. Yeah, so, and the old movie is also much better than the show. Ooh. I think there's a movie that's, that's okay. Really I don't have to watch anyway, it anyway. All of the women, your your name is basically whatever man you're essentially owned by. So the main character's name uh, of Fred, and there's yeah. like of Steve and yeah, of yeah, yeah. whatever, and your name changes. As you go to different posts. Yeah, yeah. So whoever the man of the house is, you're of that person. Yeah. You, you cease to have an identity. You're a handmaid. You're, the whole point of you being there is because there's, there's a problem with people breeding because of radioactivity or whatever. So you're there to essentially have a baby for this couple. So he fucks you while she, the wife, like... Oh, my God. Lay, like, you lay between the wife's legs and she holds your yeah. hand while her husband fucks you to try and fuck a baby into you that's dude it's
0: it's fun if you haven't read the
1: book or seen the show or watched the movie highly recommend it's a it's great a fucking great margaret atwood is an incredible author for those yeah. of you who don't like the robber bride and that the entire was one of those books series. I could not
0: put put down I, I think i read it in two days yeah she's an
1: she's a fantastic author
0: yeah so that's fun Lots of fun
1: <laughs> oh jesse <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, oh
0: and the kicker Is because Senate, the Senate has been so busy appointing this justice that we didn't fucking need one week before the election. He has put uh, Senate on recess until November 9th. So no COVID relief either, guys.
1: Damn. And I'm sorry, if you're out there listening to this and you're still voting for this turd, you are fucking stupid. I'm sure no one who likes him is listening to us, but I'm sorry. You're fucking dumb. This guy just gave everybody the finger. And you guys, like, I'm sure anyone out there who's still voting for him is somebody that doesn't have to worry about these things. But there are some of us who, despite working every single day of our lives and working Mm -hmm. our asses off, are still struggling. Yeah. And uh, to those of you out there, (laughs) friends of ours, former friends of ours... Seriously fuck you guys. Fuck yeah. you people for turning your backs. You're turning your back on us.
0: Yeah, on your friends, other people you're supposed to love. Like you you can't Say that you support black people or gay people or women. Or me. Or or, or people struggling. Old people. Social
1: security guys. Hi. You can't say you support those people and then go and vote for Donald Trump. What the fuck? My mom has worked every day of her life, including working two to three jobs sometimes. But because of circumstances and also my mother's mental illness, my mother does not have a retirement. And she's going to have to work and work and work. For the rest of her life. the only hope that she has is Social Security. And that's only just to let her be allowed to live while she works.
0: Right. You posted a meme in regards to, you know, right now there's all, all the hysterias coming on about parents freaking out about their kids'
1: candy being tainted. It's the same fucking song and dance every Except for the, year. The, the new bit of it is that now they think that we're going to give the kids our $25 THC gummies.
0: No, nobody's going to give kids drugs. First off, drugs are expensive. And we buy drugs because we like
1: doing them. We're not going
0: to give them to your child and not even get to reap the benefits of seeing your child high as fuck. Your
1: kid did not put (laughs) in on this. Your kid does not get any. Okay. If your kid wants to give me 25 bucks, Mm -hmm. take it. What was it? Get that shit. or
0: 15 bucks. Little Little man, put that shit in my hand. (laughs) Jane Silent Bob reference there, guys. Um, so you posted a thing that was like, my kid opened his pack of sweet tarts and found a Sherman tank in it.
1: (laughs) I also posted a good one, nerds rope, except the nerds are crack. (laughs) I was just,
0: fell out of my seat laughing about that. So like I said, we're, we're about five days away from Halloween. It's Monday. Halloween's on Saturday. Every time of the this time of year, like I said, we always hear the same fucking shit about strangers lacing kids candy with poison or drugs. No one's giving your kid ecstasy because ecstasy is really hard to get a hold of. Yeah. And it's really fun to do. We can't
1: really. <laughs> <laughs> kids yeah. not going to party with us. Yeah, noob- that.
0: Nobody is giving away their drugs. They're expensive. No one's just going to throw it away to some crotch goblin for funsies. Yeah. you know, no, no
1: one likes your kid that much. Or hates uh, your kid that much.
0: So several years ago, being being the natural skeptic that I am, I found myself wondering, because you see it on the news all the time this time of year, if people actually do this. And guess what? It nope. literally never fucking happens. It's been thoroughly debunked. Several pl- The FBI has debunked it. Several police agencies Snopes have said, like, this it. shit does not happen. Yep. However, <laughs> there is one case, one and only one case of Halloween candy actually being tampered with and actually killing a child. Is this what started the hysteria? Yes, 100%. So our main story today is all about the real-life Candyman. Uh, we, we're going to begin on Halloween night in 1974 in Deer Park, Texas. So here's the kind of the short of it. Ronald Clark O'Brien, who became nicknamed the candy man and the man who killed halloween was an american <laughs> imagine ha- ha- having that follow you for the rest of your life you're
1: the man who killed halloween yeah, did. people used to give away handmade treats and brownies and like uh, candied apples and yeah, all kind of shit we never got candied apples. we never got to experience any of that because yeah. we were born in the 80s hence the panic time yeah
0: yeah and everyone you know everything was like that sealed up
1: plastic boxed mm-hmm. yeah, shit candy. and then you'd have to let your parents go through your shit to make sure it hadn't been tampered with Yeah, and... everyone freaked out they thought Like fucking razor blades and shit were in there. That was a scam, though. That was our parents figuring out that they could, like, oh, like. Take it's, our candy. Yeah, inspect it. And it's like, oh, oh you inspected all the Reese's no, peanut butter cups you did. I was just going to say, so my dad loved Reese's peanut Mine butter too. cups. Mine
0: too. Love them. Mm-hmm. And so my dad, I'm going to look through your candy, yep. kid. And then I'd come back and I have no fucking Reese's yep. peanut butter cups. I'm like, look, I'm not an idiot, man. If you want some, I'll give them to you. But don't take all my shit. Also, go buy them for yourself, you <laughs> son yeah. of a you're grown up with a job and a paycheck. I'm a child. I I need this free candy. Yeah, and,
1: but I will say, uh, I used to do that to Rigel's daughter every time, too. <laughs>
0: Fuck that kid. Yeah, whatever. Your stepmom, though, you could do that shit. That's true. <laughs> so Ronald Clark O'Brien, yeah, like I said, nicknamed the Candyman, man who killed Halloween. He was an American man convicted of killing his own eight-year-old son. Damn. On Halloween of 1974, with potassium cyanide laced pixie sticks uh, that was collected during a trick-or-treat outing so that that's the other thing Sorry. too is everyone's like oh it's gonna be some stranger just like uh, child molesters and child rapists it's, usually it's somebody never a stranger it's somebody that they fucking know <laughs> the pix-
1: we're at not least allowed pixie to have stick. sugar oh don't worry there's no sugar in pixie sticks <laughs>
0: exactly there's no sugar in this pixie stick
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so O'Brien poisoned his own son in order to claim life. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: it's okay. Go on. In order to claim life insurance money to ease his own financial troubles, as he was a hundred thousand dollars in debt. God
1: damn! In the 70s too. Yeah, huh?
0: in the 70s, in today's money, that's uh, over five hundred thousand dollars. Damn,
1: dude, you fucked up. Yeah,
0: imagine being half a million dollars in debt. Uh huh. Fuck. So he wanted to claim the life insurance. He also distributed poison candy to his daughter and three other children in an attempt to cover up the crime. So it's not like he was just targeting his son. That
1: makes sense ish. Uh,
0: However, neither his daughter nor the other children ate the poison candy, thank goodness.
1: Yeah, poison better candy, dumbass pixie sticks. Fuck pixie sticks. Yeah, but you
0: think in the 70s, like, and he got the big ones, the like 21 uh, inch ones. So kids looking at that, like, oh, fuck yeah,
1: sugar tube. Look, Maid is where I went. I like yeah. Maid better. Yeah, those ones are really good. Those are better.
0: O'Brien with his
1: wife, Diane. Diane?
0: Dainene. D- there we go. How's it spelled? D A Y N E N E. Dainene. <laughs> it's a Texas name, dude. I don't fucking know. Dainene. Uh, With their two children, their son Timothy and their daughter Elizabeth, O'Brien worked as an optician at at the Texas State Optical in Sharpston, Houston. He was also a deacon at the Second Baptist Church. They all are. Yeah, classy. Look at me. I'm like a good church guy who's going to kill my children. (laughs) So here's the long of it. On October 31st, 1974, O'Brien took his two children to retreating in a uh, Pasadena, Texas neighborhood. O'Brien's neighbor, Bill Bates, and his his two children also accompanied them. Uh, After visiting a home where the occupant failed to answer the doors, they had shut their light off because they had run out of candy. uh, The children grew impatient and ran ahead to just the next house while O'Brien stayed behind. He eventually caught up with the group and produced five 21, randomly 21 inch long pixie sticks, which he would later claim was given to him by the occupant of the house who answered the door after everyone had left. Ah, uh, yeah. Awfully convenient. At the end of the evening, O'Brien gave each of his neighbors' two children a pixie stick and one to uh, Timothy and Elizabeth. Upon returning home, O'Brien gave the fifth pixie stick to a 10-year-old boy whom he
1: recognized from his church. Okay, so one, like, does it say who he was in debt to or was he just in debt? He was just in debt. Because yeah. it's weird to me. It's just like, can you, like, maybe just declare bankruptcy well, instead think, of murdering he, children? Um, it says later that he
0: he was foreclosing on his home and had a bunch of other, like, credit card debts. I mean,
1: I get it, but, like, it's, like, not like you owed money to the mob. They weren't going to kill you. They were going to yeah. take your shit and, like, put, yeah, maybe put you your in jail. Yeah, they were going to take your shit irresponsible with your money yeah but like it's (laughs) her answer to that because i mean not that it's right regardless but i can see being like if i don't get this money they're going to kill me and like maybe kill my other kids like i'm gonna maybe kill these kids but he had this like i guess very
0: narcissistic mentality where you know he just had to keep up with the joneses and have all this stuff Oh god i can't stand that shit it's crazy so before bed on that night timothy asked to eat some of the candy in which he collected and he just happened to choose the pixie stick oh After tasting the candy, Timothy complained that it tasted bitter. So then O'Brien gave him his son uh, some Kool Aid to wash away the taste because he loaded the top two inches of the pixie stick with cyanide. Wow. That's why it tasted bitter. Before bed, Timothy asked to eat some candy that he had collected and that happened, and he had happened to choose the pixie stick. God. After tasting the candy, Timothy complained that it tasted bitter, so then O'Brien gave his son some Kool-Aid to wash it away. And it tasted bitter because it was stacked, the top two inches were stacked with fucking cyanide. Now yes. I'll, get, I'll get into just how much cyanide was in there. Good Lord. Timothy immediately began to complain that his stomach hurt. He ran to the bathroom where he began vomiting and convulsing. O'Brien later claimed that he had held Timothy while he was vomiting and that his child went limp in his arms. Now he's playing the, like, oh, yeah, you know, My poor baby. victim dad role. Prick. Timothy O'Brien died en route to the hospital less than an hour after consuming the poison candy.
1: Poor little baby.
0: Wanting to get his investigation underway, investigator Mike Hinton called Dr. Joseph A. Jackismick. Jackismick? Sure. Chief medical examiner of the nearby Harris County, quote, I told him the situation and asked what the young man's breath had smelled like, said Hinton. Uh, a call to the morgue revealed that it had the scent of almonds coming from the boy's mouth. Ah, uh, yeah, the which means cyanide. Yep. Just fucking use arsenic, guys. Just yeah, have a scent. really. A <laughs> uh, Tess later found that the top two inches, like I said, of the pixie stick had been packed with the poison. Timothy's... Death, then uh, from poison Halloween candy, because at this time they don't think it's the dad. They're just thinking this kid died of tainted Halloween candy. Who the fuck did this? Uh, This now prompted fear in the community as the story of poison lace candy had circulated through the town. So then... Everybody's freaking out. So this is where it starts. Numerous people in Deer Park and surrounding areas returned their candy... That were, was acquired from trick-or-treating to the police fearing that it was all laced with poison. This is where the hysteria starts. And this is... I mean, it's like 40 years later and, and people, people are, are still, still freaked freaking out about, about, about it. It's crazy. Police did not initially suspect O'Brien of any wrongdoing until Timothy's autopsy revealed that the Pixie stick was consumed and laced with the f- a very fatal dose of potassium cyanide. Four of the five Pixie sticks claimed... claimed to re- uh, uh, O'Brien had claimed that he'd received were recovered by authorities from the other children. None of them had consumed the candy. The parents of the fifth child had become hysterical when they could not locate the candy upon the police calling their house to inform them. Luckily, just in time, the parents rushed upstairs to find their son asleep, holding the unconsumed poison candy. Oh, dear God. The boy had been unable to open the staples... Oh, dear God. ...that sealed the wrapper
1: shed. This fool just stapled it shut. Could you... Oh, my God, their parents... Had to have been so relieved! Dear Lord, can you imagine growing up your whole life being like I was saved by a staple? Yeah, because I couldn't open a staple. Yeah, because I'm a child and I have child hands. Mm-hmm. All five of the Pixie
0: Sticks had been opened, with the top two inches filled with cyanide powder, and were resealed with a staple by O'Brien, according to a pathologist. The test who tested the Pixie Sticks, the candy consumed by Timothy, contained enough cyanide to kill two whole adults. Good Lord! While the other four candies contained enough cyanide to kill four adults each wow and these are little babies these are little children well, i mean if you're
1: gonna do it you're fuck. doing it right, i guess
0: well i mean he's not a fucking chemist he yeah. doesn't know he you know he's just like fuck it might as well pour <laughs> it all in there who cares can't put it too much in yeah uh, especially when you're trying to kill your own child yeah O'Brien initially told the police that he could not remember the house in which he got the pixie sticks from. Police became suspicious of his excuses because O'Brien and his neighbor had only taken their children to homes on one or two streets because it started raining. So okay. they all went home. So it's not like there were a lot of homes for them to choose from where he could pin it like They could really narrow it down. Mm-hmm. Their suspicions increased after hearing that none of the homes they visited had given out pixie sticks. So Ah. cops went to each and every home and they were like, we weren't handing this shit out. After walking in the neighborhood with the police three times, O'Brien finally led them to the home that the group had visited. Remember the one with the lights off and the occupant hadn't opened the door. O'Brien claimed that they revisited that home before catching up with the group. So he told them the story. "I, I got it from this house. I got these pixie sticks and then caught up with the group. He said that the owner did not turn the lights on, but cracked the door open and handed him the pixie sticks. He claimed to have only seen the man's arm, which he described as quote, hairy.
1: <coughs> yeah, the guy just stuck his arm yeah, out.
0: Like, dude, this is Texas in the seventies. What dude doesn't have a hairy arm? Right. The home was owned by a man named Courtney Melvin. Melvin was an air traffic controller at William P. Hobby airport. And was not home at the time. He didn't get home from work until 11 o'clock at night on Halloween night. That,
1: that's a pretty good alibi,
0: yeah, too. Yeah, like, police ruled out Melvin as a suspect when nearly 200 people confirmed that Melvin was at work, which is a pretty solid alibi, I'd say. Just a bit. Yeah, 200 people are like, no, nah, no, nah, he was here. Oh, as investigations furthered, uh, uh, like I said earlier, police learned that uh, Ronald O'Brien was in debt... For over a hundred thousand dollars, half a million dollars in today's money, and also had a history of being able to being unable to hold a job. In the ten years preceding this crime, O'Brien had held twenty-one different
1: jobs. Good lord, dude! I thought That yeah. was sad. <laughs> the dude, twenty-one jobs. I don't think I've ever had twenty-one jobs. No, in my if you whole held life. all my jobs together, I don't think I would have twenty-one jobs. No, unless never. they're blow jobs. I, hey! <laughs> I definitely Ugh. had.
0: More than 21 blowjobs. I've got jaw problems. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's great. (laughs) At the time of his arrest, he was suspected on theft at his job at the Texas State Optical and was already close to being fired again. His car was about to be repossessed. He had defaulted on several bank loans and the family home was foreclosed on. So this guy, all in all, is a real gem. Yeah. Thanks
1: a lot, dude. You gotta wonder what his wife is thinking. Like, what the fuck? She's probably... This is probably a long-suffering. I can't remember who I was talking to this shit about, but somebody else had, like, a dad that was like this. And, like, Mm. uh, I have a a good friend of mine from uh, my hometown, and his dad's like that, too. And his... God, his blessed... His wonderful, sweet, meek, religious mother who works her ass off and uh, works and works and works. Just, like, makes excuses for this dude. He just... She just won't... I mean, she's religious, so it's, it's a So very, she won't ever divorce him. No, God, no. And, oh, and man. you know, they've got... Uh, this guy just... He just won't work. And when he will work, you know, he like... Not enough. You know? And she's like busting... They ha- I think they had like a bunch of kids themselves. So, yeah. you know. It's just one of those things where like you just... You get caught in this shit. And especially in the 70s. I mean, God, this is probably before you could leave your spouse without a reason. Probably before you could just divorce because it's not working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is probably before, that, especially in Texas. Yeah, yeah. And we have to think like this is Texas in the seventies. Yeah. divorce is probably very unheard, very of. Uncom- uncommon. And she's this woman's probably stuck with this turd who's just like drag. I mean, she might be a turd too. Who knows? I shouldn't just assume. But
0: yeah, all in all, for everything I read, it sounds like she was pretty Pro- normal person, normal person, innocent. Like, but I guess her her she'd be guilty of being
1: just totally oblivious and obtuse. Yeah, but I mean that that's also a a coincider of abuse i mean like when mm-hmm. shit's going on and you have you literally have no control over it, and this guy no matter what you do is spending your money and fucking up your life and mm-hmm. whatever at some point like for your own sanity you just got to kind of turn your back on it and roll with it because either, yeah, otherwise you're gonna you are can't and, get out yeah so unless my, there's a way out you're gonna you got to roll with it yeah so here's the
0: nail in in ronald o'brien's coffin as they say Police discovered that O'Brien had taken out life insurance policies on his two children in the months preceding Timothy's death. In January of 1974, he had taken out a $10,000, equivalent to $51,000 in today's money, life insurance policies on both of his children. One month before Timothy's death, O'Brien took an additional $20,000 out in policies on both children, despite the objections of his life insurance uh, company. Now, now all that together still wouldn't have covered his debts, would it? In the days preceding Timothy's death, O'Brien had taken out yet another $20,000 policy on each child... Be a little more obvious, so, bro. Yeah, all the various it, it basically came up to approximately sixty thousand dollars.
1: Still not enough to in pay off debt. T- not enough, but to whittle it down. Well, yeah, I'm make sure. a huge chunk. And uh, also, let me point out too: as much as this man is a piece of shit and he is a complete piece of shit, I will say it's a nice, refreshing change from "I killed my wife." Yeah, to, it's usually the wife that. Oh yeah, winds up which murdered. I was actually kind of shocked that he didn't try to kill his yeah. wife. Yeah, that he didn't even take out anything on her. Yeah. Like I, I assume if we're gonna do this, maybe like do it like, hey, my wife ate some of the halloween candy too. Yeah, she loves her sugar. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: speaking of O'Brien's wife, she maintained that she did not know about the life insurance policies on her children's lives. And honestly, I kind of believe it. Oh you yeah, know, just knowing the time a patriarch in the 70s, he gets to mm-hmm. go do all that. She doesn't need to sign that. Yeah, she doesn't need to know about it. It's like that just that blissful unawareness. Um so police also learned uh, that on the morning of Timothy's death, O'Brien had called his insurance Company to inquire about collecting on the policies which he had taken out on his son. The very next day god this soulless creature well it's
1: not just it's so stupid
0: like you're just like <laughs> he's just asking for it just he's just hold a- up a sign that says i did
1: it because come on <laughs> like, it's just did you really think that nobody was gonna find out i mean i get that like this is before unsolved mysteries and true crime stuff and all that kind of crap Ooh, speaking but, like, of unsolved mysteries there's new episodes <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> but like these things like it's just
0: it's just so just really blatant. It actually it makes me mad when I see sloppy crimes like this. Cause I'm like, come on. If you're gonna do it, do, do it. Right. Fuck. That almost makes me more mad than the fact that he killed his yeah, kid. Right. In a very weird way. Just you which by it. the way, I'm sorry, I'm still I'm on another like child death rant this week. <laughs> <laughs> I need to really change it up. <laughs> so, after learning that O'Brien had visited a chemical supply store in Houston to buy cyanide shortly before Halloween of 1974. He he left without purchasing anything, learning that the smallest amount available to purchase
1: was five pounds. Damn. You kill a lot of motherfuckers with five pounds of cyanide. It's so like i I'm assuming some kind of industrial use for five pounds of cyanide. Yeah, I mean,
0: they would have it at like a chemical supply store, but I think... I mean, back then, probably not, but now you have to show oh, that you're a licensed chemist. And yeah. and yeah. So a police then... Ultra began to suspect Ronald O'Brien had killed his son. You have to
1: be stupid not to.
0: <laughs> I put investigators, like, I don't think the dad did it.
1: No, He no, just very he took concerned. out life
0: insurance. He purchased cyanide. Come on now. Police had theorized that O'Brien had laced the candies with poison in an effort to kill his children to collect on their life insurance policies. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> they, they believed he gave the other children the candy in an effort to cover up his crime. No fucking shit. <sighs> the <No>. other children <laughs> never consumed the candy, thank goodness. The police repeatedly questioned O'Brien, but he maintained his innocence. Of course he is.
1: Well, I mean. Yeah.
0: No shit. (laughs) Although police never discovered when or where O'Brien had bought the poison, he was arrested for Timothy's murder on November 5th, 1974. So five days later, they got it together and were like, "Mm, this motherfucker's guilty. Yeah. He was indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Wow. Uh, He obviously entered a plea of not guilty to all five counts. His trial began in Houston on May 5th, 1975. So so I don't know, five, six months later. Six months, yeah. During the trial, a eight. chemist eight, I don't fucking know. Math is hard,
1: guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> During the trial, a chemist who was acquainted with O'Brien testified that in the summer of nineteen seventy three, O'Brien had contacting him, had contacted him asking about cyanide and how much would be fatal. <laughs> Because you have to remember, too, this is before the internet. You can't just go online and look up, like, how much cyanide to kill a
1: motherfucker. I, I think that shit would be in the anarchist cookbook. Not that this guy would know where to get an anarchist Probably cookbook. Not. But my dad used to have one. I kind of want it. I want one, too. <laughs> just as, like, it would be a perfect coffee table book. you just to have
0: it? <laughs> a lot of... It would really test your friendships with people, I think. Yeah, well... <laughs> fuck it. Uh. A chemical supply salesman also testified that O'Brien had asked him how to purchase the cyanide. Friends and co-workers testified that O'Brien, in the months before Timothy's death, showed, quote, unusual interest in cyanide (laughs) and spoke about how much it would take to kill a person. (laughs) He was also, at that time, in community college and asked one of his professors, not a science professor... (laughs) Just if he knew how much cyanide it would take to kill a person.
1: <laughs> how much cyanide would it take to kill an He's eight-year-old like, boy? So this, ten- ar- <laughs> this is art history. <laughs> Oh no, that was arsenic they used. Never mind. I was going to be clever. Yeah, they used to use arsenic to make that color green that the Victorians loved so much. Oh no shit. Yeah, and it was in their their wallpaper and shit. That, so it but was, that
0: was back like during the radium girl times where they're just that, like, even, yeah. I can
1: stick this radium in your mouth, you'll be fine." Yeah, there's a, arsenic makes this beautiful green. I think it's wow. called verdig- verdigris green. Is that is the specific? specific shade and the victorians were in love with it so they yeah. made a ton of shit out of it and wound up getting poisoned by do you imagine living the victorian or not only that but they dipped their hats in fucking mercury and shit yeah, i love mercury <laughs> mercury was cool
0: oh man oh my okay Bless total you. side tangent on about mercury but um when i was in elementary school i had this friend and his parents were both uh, PhD chemists. So we yeah. had like a whole lab and stuff in there. And we snuck down there one time after school. And we were like eight years old or something. And he, they had some mercury. Yeah. So we put it on the table and we're like fucking hitting it around with a pencil. Like we're not touching it or anything. We're just like, uh, we're stupid. We're yeah. fucking kids. We're stupid. But then it rolled onto the carpet oh. and and went into a million beads. Fucking hazmat came out. No we, shit. <laughs> Like little hazmat tents. No, no. (laughs) And that's how I learned that mercury is dangerous. Um, O'Brien's sister in law, O'Brien's sister in law and brother in law both testified on the day of Timothy's funeral that he spoke of using money from Timothy's life insurance to take a long vacation and buy other items. So (laughs) he didn't want to pay his debt. He was just like, Take a long trip, honey. We have $60,000 and we got $60,000 and no, no kids.
1: kids. <laughs> <Me>. <laughs> this guy's the, the stupidest. I know. God damn. What a piece of shit. He didn't even kill his kids to get out of debt or try no. to kill his kids. He, ch- he just he wanted to take a nice vacation. He's going to take a vacation. Buy some stuff. <laughs> Could really use a new car. God damn, bro. This
0: is, has got to be the dumbest criminal in the fucking world. <laughs> what a prick oh man even after all of this o'brien continued to maintain his innocence of course <laughs> his defense mainly drew upon the decades-old urban legend concerning a mad poisoner who hands out halloween candy oh that was an urban legend even before that yeah so interesting well that's how like the you, that was the you know the candy man franchise yeah that's what that legend was built upon. oh really mm-hmm.
1: i don't really watch horror
0: movies Oh, you know I do. (laughs) Oh, yes. Because you're sick. (laughs) I know. I'm gross. Gross. Uh, Who hands out Halloween candy laced with poison or needles or candied apples with razor blades blades. inserted. Yeah, it was the whole thing. Before and after the Deer Park poisoning, rumors of dodgy sweets being handed out have always surfaced around Halloween time. but, But whether the fear... Is that the candies contained broken glass and razor blades or that they were actually ecstasy pills. Which, again, doesn't happen because anyone who's buying ecstasy is taking it to themselves. Yup. There's not much evidence. There's actually little to no evidence to suggest that parents actually have anything to worry about. Um, In 2000, there was a man in Minneapolis who was charged with putting needles in Snickers bars that he had handed out to trick-or-treaters. But only one victim... Uh, he he only claimed one victim and even barely. It's a teenager who bit into it and felt like a slight prick from the Ugh. hidden sharp object.
1: Was uh, there? Was it
0: just a needle? Like, yeah, it was just a needle. Okay. Yeah, weird. Weirdo. I know. Strange. So, but that's like really been the only one since Timothy O'Brien's death. There hasn't been a single case where a child has actually died. After consuming contaminated Halloween treats,
1: but we will one. support all you parents out there that keep telling your kids this bullshit just so you can steal their their candy. Yeah, look, your secret's safe with us. Yeah, we won't. Sure. I mean, I we guess won't. if you just let your kid listen to this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> then you're you're probably already a bad parent, <laughs> and
1: also your little scheme to kill them for the insurance money isn't going to go over well. You hear me, kids? Revolt! Could you
0: imagine like some parents listening to this episode and the kids are in the back seat and the kids are like, "What the fuck? <laughs> that shit tasted weird, you
1: liar." Yes.
0: So these stories have always persisted. Again, despite the fact that there's been no documented instances of this happening, the case and subsequent trial gained national attention, and the press, like I said, dubbed O'Brien the Candy Man and the Man Who Ruined Halloween or Killed Halloween. Really did. On June third, nineteen seventy-five. A jury took only 46 minutes to find this motherfucker guilty. I'm surprised of, it
1: took them that long. They probably, like, had a nap.
0: They probably were like, well, let's take our lunch right now, too. Yeah. But we all know he's guilty, right? This yeah. is the last lunch on the county, <laughs> so let's just, like, do this. Yeah, exactly. So he was uh, found guilty of one capital murder charge and all four counts of attempted murder.
1: How long did they put him away for?
0: Uh, I'm getting
1: there. Oh, excuse me. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Hold your horse. There. God. Shortly after he was convicted, his wife filed for divorce.
1: Good lady. Finally.
0: <laughs> she later remarried to her new husband and her new husband ended up adopting her daughter Elizabeth. So oh, Elizabeth good. had no affiliation with this fucking monster. I
1: hope you had a lovely life Elizabeth. Yeah, we yeah, I hope she And the mom too.
0: Yeah, I hope they ended up hope this dude was great and yeah, was everything you needed. Fucking twat waffle. <laughs> uh Ronald Clark O'Brien uh, appeared his appeal avenues were all explored and turned down every single time for nearly a decade after his guilty verdict. So it wasn't until March 31st, 1984 when all routes to survival had been exhausted and he was finally put to death for his crime. Wow! So by this point, the U S Supreme court had ruled that the electric chair was cruel and unusual punishment. So his life was ended with lethal injection outside of the Texas state penitentiary, in Huntsville, a crowd of 300 people gathered to hear if the man, uh, the man, the Halloween poisoner, had met his end, shouting trick-or-treat and throwing candy at anti-death penalty protesters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really pro-death penalty, but, like, in this case, like, I, I really wonder, were they upset that he killed the kid or were they upset that he ruined Halloween? Because it sounds like they're upset that he ruined Halloween. I think Halloween. He's,
0: they're upset about Halloween. They probably don't even care about the kid. <laughs> no! So at 12.48 a.m. when Ronald was pronounced dead, the initial investigator, Hinton, uh, was at his childhood home in Amarillo, Texas, uh, which is an eight-hour drive from Huntsville. That evening, he had gone to his favorite lake, fishing rod in hand, and drunk a beer in celebration as he drifted into the darkness.
1: Nice. Yeah. Nice. So that is the story of the real-life Candyman. Oh, wow. And to such, such destruction upon us that was never intended. I know. Every
0: single year, my parents are like, okay, dump out your candy. Mm-hmm. We got to check it for fucking holes and shit. And yeah. I'm just, as a kid, I'm
1: looking at it like a crackhead, just fiending. Oh, for yeah. Candy. Desperate for it. And I, again, I miss the fact that you used to be able you know, it's... <clears throat> The prevalence of of weird crimes that stick in people's heads destroy communities, even if they don't mm-hmm. really need to. It's like something happened here 40 years ago that we are misremembering that is yeah. making us all not want to be around each other. Yeah. Because we're scared. Yeah. We're scared for and fear especially against very, kids.
0: Fear is a very powerful emotion. Yeah,
1: okay, we've noticed. Four <laughs> years, four years of fear leading you. Yeah.
0: Fear mongering.
1: Fear mongering and buying into it. So we don't have a side story for me because, again, I was in the hospital. I just wanted to share a little bit of Halloween for you guys. So yeah. happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Have some fun as much as you can. Blessed you know. Uh bueno diaz, bueno diaz, Buenos dias. Bueno, buenos dias. Bu- buenos. Buenos dias de los muertos. Is that correct? Eric? Yeah. Eric doesn't know. <laughs> Eric doesn't know. <laughs> Eric doesn't fucking know.
0: He's like Mexican but not. Yeah, so that's all. That's our story for today, folks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to another wonderful episode of the Deeper, Darker Variety Show. We'd like to thank Eric, sitting here, our producer, and Unlikely Legends Productions for producing this podcast. Huge thanks to friend of the show Juan Solo for creating our sweet intro and outro tune. We can uh, be found on the web at the deeper, variety show.com. There you can find links to all of our social media, new episodes, links to our streaming services, including Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Uh, we'd like to thank you all in advance for donating your time and your energy into this podcast. If you can't donate any money, that's totally fine. We would really love some rates, reviews, and subscribes. Wherever you listen, those get us exposure, and exposure gets us more listeners, Yay. just like you. And then maybe you guys can have a cool fan club about it. And just, <gasps> a fan oh God, club? I can wait. I've always wanted one. I'll send you locks of my hair. Yes. <laughs> Not the hair on her head.
1: No, (laughs) there's no hair on the head.
0: As always, if you have questions, comments, concerns, complaints, corrections, or topic suggestions, or if you just want to be an ad sponsor for the show, please email us directly at deeperdarkerpodcast at gmail.com. That's deeperdarkerpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Deeper Darker Variety Show. Bye. Goodbye.